Good morning. I don't always get to be here. Excuse me. I don't always get to be here with you, but I've heard that we have a new custom of having acolytes. If there are two people here that would volunteer for me to bring the light in, two people that are willing to carry a candle in. Thank you, Deb. And maybe one other person. Or I'll just have Deb grab. Okay. Thank you, Lewis. So just if, uh, yeah, Lewis, if you could join her. So just walk back out there and ask the ushers, and they'll hand it to you, and you'll bring it in during the opening hymn. For the rest of us, as we like to say, this is God's house. And if we're all God's children, then welcome home. I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths just to draw ourselves into the presence of this sacred community, this sacred place. Let's worship the living God. We invite you to join us in the intro printed in your bulletin. We'll sing it through once so you can hear how it goes. And then we hope that you'll join us. Here am I, all of me. Take my love. It's all for thee. Will you join us? Here am I. All of me. Take my heart. It's all for thee. Here am I. Me. And now standing or sitting, I invite us to join together in the call to worship. We gather to remember. We will tell the wonderful stories of our God. Stories we have heard many times. Messages of faithfulness, mercy, and compassion. They have been passed from generation to generation. The messages of miracles, life. We tell them all to remember who we are. We are all God's kingdom. All here am I, me. Take my love. Let's join now in our open hands. Take my life and Take my Sisters, 
This is going to be our last verse. Take my silver here am I. Grace and peace to you in the name of Christ and welcome here. We welcome all of you here and every piece of you here. Church is not where you come once you've got it all together. It's where you come to help get it together with one another. And in our brokenness and in our wholeness, we make a blessed community. A special welcome to you if you're a visitor coming for one of your first few times. To make that a little bit more comfortable, there are some booklets in the pew racks that you can look through that walk you through the worship service and what we do at each portion and even a little bit about why we do what we do. And feel free to take a look at that, whether you're new or you've been coming for some time, you might learn a little bit more about how we worship, the way we worship, and why. I invite you after the service to go through this hallway in uh, to our community building into Finley Hall, probably spilling out into the garden on a beautiful day such as this, to greet one another, to share in some fellowship. It's a good time to reconnect with friends and also a good time, hint, hint, to introduce yourself to someone you don't know. Give someone an extra welcome that you might not recognize. Finally, during the offertory, I invite you to take those little uh, uh, attendance registers and to fill them out and to pass them down and back through the pews for two reasons. One, so that you can learn the names of those worshiping around you. You can greet them by name after the service. And two, particularly if you're new, you can leave us your contact information so that we could reach out to you and connect and follow up and give you another welcome for attending today. Now let us join our voices and our hearts in praying together the community prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, thank you for blessing us with the many testimonies and scriptures that we have. How often we take for granted those who have come before us. Forgive us for not appreciating the wisdom the saints of the past have given us. Forgive us also for not recognizing what each of us might offer to those in our midst or in the future. Help us to find the way to express ourselves that is honoring to you and the calling you have placed in our lives. May it be to your glory 
Amen. And our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel, and the gospel is good news. In Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we are forgiven. Know that we have been set free and be at peace. Amen. Yes, we should all do it with that kind of gospel. Oh, I'm still up. Sorry. Gosh, you know, I thought I'd get the sun. I don't preach. You're going to make me work? Yeah. I'm teaching Sunday school. What more do you want? Plenty, actually. This is the time, whether I remember it or not, when we build up the community by sharing our joys and concerns. Uh, one of my joys is Bethany covers me about five times a day, and that was one example. What what joys are you bringing to worship today, or what concerns are weighing heavy on your heart that you want to share with the community that they might connect with you and they might lift you up in prayer? Stephen. Yeah. Oh boy. So I asked for prayers of um uh Karen. Yeah. Uh because three was four So prayers for Steve's brother as well as a good friend, each of whom is facing some health challenges. Thank you. I saw another hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mary Beth and then Gwen. Thank you, Mary Beth. Mary Beth shares grief over the loss of Olga Murray, who it sounds like many of you knew, and 
was a woman who lived a very full and charitable life, helping girls across the world. And we join you in that grief. And Mary Beth mentioned she doesn't usually get up in church and talk, and I commend you for that. It uh, takes a little bit of courage, but it boosts the whole community. And I hope anybody feels welcome to share in this space. Gwen. And what's her name again? Grace. Grace. Well, that's an easy one to remember. So, Grace, we are thrilled to have you here visiting with us today. Welcome anytime, of course. Yeah, Eunice. Oh, congratulations. Eunice's mom is turning 101. We give thanks for her life. Oh, terrific. Terrific. All right, go ahead. Oh. What's What was the dog's name? Oh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, a friend of his, uh, best friend of his uh, dog died last week, Penny Penelope. And uh, we always welcome prayers uh, and thanksgivings for animals in this congregation. They're such an important part of our life. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Jane. Um, I asked, Jake? Oh, Jane, I'm sorry. So uh, Oliver, uh, Jane's son, has a, a childhood friend who was in a terrible motorcycle accident and is in a coma right now. Some very severe injuries. Randy or Sue, uh, you know, you both have one. So we hold the Krings family in prayer, their adult grandson, uh, lived in Iowa and was um, discovered dead this past week. And there's not much else known, but uh, our hearts certainly ache with you and for your entire family. Sue, did you want to add something? Sue's sister is undergoing a surgery for sarcoma tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah, what's up? You had it yesterday? So a, a final soccer game on Saturday uh, where the final, oh, not the final. Oh, just you had one and they won seven to one. So so we're, uh, mercy is not something we've cultivated, but excellence apparently we have. So. That's right. <laughs> oh, so we don't even count the one. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. That's terrific. How fun to share that. Anyone else? Yeah, uh, Barb. It's prayers for our beloved Tommy Ball. Yeah. Now, it was, I think it was actually the Friday before, but it, we didn't know for a couple of days. So if you if you know Scotty, uh, and if you know Joys and Concerns, you know Scotty. Scotty, famous for asking uh, all kinds of plagues be upon Vladimir Putin. Um, actually died poetically on the day that Navalny died. And uh, we mourn his loss. It was not a surprise. 
but it hurts nonetheless. And we certainly lift up June in prayer. I know she would appreciate your prayers. Thank you for lifting him up. Lewis, did you have your hand up? Oh, gosh. And what was the connection again, Lewis? Okay, so their daughter's flute teacher has received a, a troubling diagnosis. Same diagnosis, right, that killed her husband. Is that correct? Oh, that. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. But a, a, a unfortunate diagnosis, nonetheless. We hold her in prayer, for sure. That's a lot. And I know that many of you are carrying other things, uh, things that are weighing too heavy to speak aloud and other things that might be just hard to name for whatever reason. And we offer all that as a, as a welcome offering to our God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy One, we trust that you are both near and dear to us and in intimate relationship, and yet you are so big, so big that you can handle all the prayers that we carry. And so we release them to you freely, trusting in your ability to heal them and transform them and surround us with your angels, some of whom are sitting right here, that this walk might be easier to make in your presence and in your way. So we offer them in the name of the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. There's so many pieces to get together. I love you, Lord. All your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, my life, you have been faithful. Oh, my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am living, 
I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close, no other. I've known you as creator. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after Stand after me, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. Here you are with me. Your goodness is running after, running after me. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am in, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen to that. Uh, invite any children to come forward or any, any of those young at heart, as we used to say at my last church, where we didn't have many children. You can pad our numbers with youthful spirits. That's fine. Boy, isn't it nice to hear beautiful music? Doesn't it make you feel good? Whether it's Patty playing the piano or the organ or Ruthie, who's written some amazing musical piece, or Bethany and Claude and Barbara. That's really beautiful. It's good to see you all. I brought a couple of friends I want to bring out. They're a little bashful, but if you're if you're calm, they'll hang out a little bit here. Oh, that's Sue right there. Yep. This guy, he's particularly shy. His name is Derek. Oh, it's a little hard to get them. I'm not a master puppeteer. I specialize in forgetting what part of the worship service it is. Well, one time, Sue came across Derek, who was, oh, he was feeling a little, it's a big word, pensive, which meant he was kind of serious and thinking really hard, and he looked kind of worried. So Sue said, well, Derek, what's going on? You look, well, you look. You look upset. You look, you look anxious. Yeah, I am, said Derek. You see, I'm afraid I've failed. You failed? You failed at what? said Sue. 
I think I failed at faith. Exactly. Thank you. Well done. Did you did you do something really terrible? I think so. Thank you. Well done. What was it? Well, I realized that having faith is all about being happy all the time because that's how I show that I love God and I'm not always happy and so I know I've failed. No. Not this time. Sue said, oh, no, 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 Derek. I think you've missed the point. Being faithful is not about always being happy because you can't control if you're happy. Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you get angry. Sometimes you get scared. And all of that is just how you feel. And being faithful is about being honest, not about always being happy. Really, said Derek? That makes me feel a little better. Yes, said Sue. In fact, in prayer, we get to tell God however we feel. And when we do that, God helps us in those feelings. And when we go to church and other places where there are people of God there, they help us be with however we feel. That's what being faithful is. So how about we say a prayer together? Yeah, I think I'd like that. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray for my friend Derek, who might not be feeling so happy now, but I pray that you comfort him and you encourage him. You let him know that he's not alone and that he's loved and that you help the rest of us be good friends to him and others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, Sue, I feel better already. All right. Let's go to Sunday school together. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere. I was waiting for the children to leave uh, so we could address some more mature topics. Um, I guess that didn't really come out, right? Uh, yeah, so we could address uh, maybe something a little more touch. Fear, for example, fear. That word, even the word fear can make your skin tingle, right? Nobody likes fear. That's not actually totally true. There are some people who do like fear, people who watch like scary movies and that kind of thing. Are any of you scary movie people? Because, oh. Weird. <laughs> that is not the lane that me and my family walk in. We are more of a rom-com kind of family. Uh, you know, the Avengers can even be a little scary for us sometimes. People don't like fear, right? You're about to ride a roller coaster and you see the thing looping and spinning around and you're going, I don't know. And when we try to encourage each other through our fear and we don't go, it's going to be great because it's so scary. They don't say that. They say, you're going to love it. It's going to be over super fast and you won't even notice it. Maybe you go to the doctor's office, right? And they're going to poke you and prod you. They're going to draw blood. They're going to maybe even cut something off and you know, and you're scared and the doctor sees this and they say it'll be over before you know it. You know, 
because we know the discomfort of fear. But even in those moments, you know, they don't fully understand what you're feeling. You're standing in line watching that roller coaster and they're not scared, but you are. They don't know how you feel. You're sitting in that operating room and the nurses and everyone's trying to encourage you. They're not scared, but you are. Nobody likes to be afraid, especially in real life. And sometimes I think maybe, as I was writing all this, maybe I've just gotten soft as I've gotten older. Maybe I'm turning into my worst nightmare. I'm turning into my parents. You know, my parents, they grew up in a different world than I did. They were children of rural America in the late 40s and 50s. And I didn't turn that on. That's why it doesn't work. They were children of the late 40s and 50s in rural America. And so, Chuck, they really tried. Chuck, they really tried to raise me right on like the Statler brothers and the Oak Ridge boys, but you can't listen to that kind of music where I grew up. You could get beat up for listening to that kind of music where I grew up. You could beat up in school for listening to that kind of music. So we listened to hip hop. We listened to rap. We listened to Tupac Shakur. That's who we liked. That music spoke to us. And I get it. That wasn't the style of everybody, but it was what we liked. And why he sang the song that we would that we would repeat the lines all the time. It's me against the world, me against the world. Why did it feel that way? Well, because when someone has broken into your house, this happened to me. When someone has punched you in the mouth, as happened to me as a child more than once, or as someone robs you with a weapon, brandishing a weapon in front of you, as also happened to me more than once, you start to feel. Like it is you against the world. And so when Tupac says, despite all that chaos, all the crime, all the pain, all the suffering, me against the world and I will overcome, you make that the anthem of your life. And again, I get it. Maybe Tupac isn't your style, and it wasn't my parents either. Chuck, again, I tried to educate my parents on Tupac and hip-hop, but they didn't really take to it. They did tolerate something else a little more. It tolerated some of the rock I listened to, in particular Pearl Jam. And when I saw Eddie Vedder jump over 10 feet through the air into a crowd of people, I said, this, this is my guy. As a rebellious kid, I mean, excuse me, as a sometimes rebellious child, his antics spoke to me. That first song that they... I think most people knew called Alive. I love the way it starts. It starts off in a voice that only Eddie Vedder has. He says, I got a story to tell. And he tells the story in the song about a boy who finds out that his father, his real biological father, died when he was 13. And the man who lives with him now is not his biological dad. But that song is so full of life and energy and excitement, and people sing it with joy. It took on a deeper meaning for me when I discovered that the boy in the song is this guy. It is Eddie Vedder. His dad, his biological father, died when he was 13. And he discovered then that the man who was living with him was not his real father. Do you think, maybe, maybe that's why he was able, and Pearl Jam was able to create music, that spoke to people who also felt like their life was a little out of control and unpredictable. 
Maybe that's why. And again, I understand that that might not be everybody's cup of tea, Pearl Jam and Tupac. There are other pieces of art, right, that express something, that connect with us. I asked some friends of mine who are more in the art world professionally than I am if they could help uh, contribute to this message. And it was really nice because I learned a ton of things about the background of songs and pieces of art. Uh, for instance, my favorite visual artist of all, Edward Hopper, I learned some fascinating things about him. But the reason that I went to ask about all these different pieces of art is because our text today that will be read is from the book of Psalms. It's a book in the middle of your Bible. It's the largest book of the Bible. It's 150 chapters. It's 150 different songs and poems. Some of them are like this painting. They're beautiful to you. They're exhilarating. You read them and they're inspiring. They're the kind of things where you open a Bible, you read it, you write it down on a card, you tape it places so you can memorize it, make it a part of your soul. There are other Psalms that you read that are insulting, that are not your style. They are not the kind of things that you want to be reading. You look at it and you say, how did this make it into my Bible? It's repulsive. But those are the Psalms, 150 sacred songs and poems. What I learned about Edward Hopper first was that he actually grew up, uh, as I was told, in a strict Baptist household. And so this friend of mine said, given the university that I attended, he expected I was also raising my children in a strict Baptist household. Uh, don't ask my children if that's the case. I learned some other things about his work. For one, if you know Edward Hopper's work, it all looks very similar to this. The style is, is his. It's simple. It's serene. Most of his work takes place in New York City, as does this one called Nighthawks. And there's a reason for that. He spent most of his life in New York City. But unique to this particular painting, he did this within a couple weeks after the Pearl Harbor bombing. And what you don't see, or at least what I don't didn't see until informed, is you don't see people depressed or sad about that bombing. What you don't see is anxiety about a country about to go to war. What you don't see, given it that it's New York City, is all the liveliness and energy and excitement, or what some might call chaos of a large city. You don't see any of those things. What you see is this peaceful, serene order. Four people close together, but they're not talking to each other. And I didn't notice that until it was pointed out. I always thought the woman was talking to the man that she's with, but if you look more closely when you have a chance, you'll see that she's actually looking at her fingernails, almost bored. Hopper creates this world where things are peaceful, serene, orderly. Did he do that because of his Christian upbringing, do you think? When asked about why this particular painting evokes certain feelings in people, he said he didn't mean to do that. He might have done it unconsciously, is what he said. What do you see when you look at this? Do you see nostalgia, a place in time you wish you could go back to? Do you see order? Do you see serenity? Do you see isolation? and how it can feel quiet and isolating being in a big city. You know, 
when uh, I was a kid in high school, we uh, the, the Virginia School for Boys or Virginia Home for Boys is what it was called then. It's now the Virginia Home for Boys and Girls, a sort of foster care home, was about a mile from my high school. So everyone who lived there fed into my high school. And just like Eddie Vedder and just like Tupac, a lot of those kids, they knew who their dad was. Some of them didn't know who their mother was, but they were my friends. And when we would be in the locker room, we would listen to Tupac Shakur. And we would repeat, it's me against the world. We would sing Pearl Jam on the way home because we knew we could feel alive and in the midst of chaos. And I'm not going to tell you that everyone had an appreciation of Edward Hopper. That came for me later as well. And I get it. Maybe Hopper isn't your thing. Maybe even Pearl Jam and Tupac isn't your thing, although I can't believe that's true. You cannot be a good person and not like uh, these two. I have two more pieces of art to share with you. When, uh, as I am often, and I was in a van, a rented van full of teenagers, and this kind of tells you when this happened. One of them bought a four CD disc set. You remember these? And we listened and sang every song from beginning to end of all four CDs. Three greatest hits albums, followed by a storytellers of Billy Joel. It was great. They all knew all the words. I knew all the words to all these songs. And we sang every one of them in a row. It was a long road trip. And you know what the first song on Greatest Hits album number one is? You know, Piano Man. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Come on, you know I can't sing. A regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his That's gross, okay? That's really gross. That is not appropriate for a church audience, okay? Uh, and actually, let the record show that Billy Joel was more inappropriate for a church audience than Pearl Jam or Tupac were. Let the record show that. But that song, Piano Man, I've thought what makes it so beautiful is that, for one, ever, so many people know it. Children, parents, grandparents, even great-grandparents sing it together because I think all of us can imagine and picture the scene that he paints with his words. There's John and Davy and Paul and the waitress and the bar and the manager and there's the person wealthy enough to put money in the cup and make person that thinks so much of themselves that they make demands of Billy Joel and tell him what to do with his life. There's the person that's just trying to make it through the day and we can imagine ourselves in these scenes. We can imagine ourselves there in those scenes and we can see those people's faces. We use a lot of different words to describe God, don't we? We use a lot of different ways to describe how the divine or the spirit makes us feel. And if you're going to be literal about it, the Bible itself actually uses lots of different words to describe God. It starts with Elohim in Hebrew. And then in the second book of the Bible, God is known as Yahweh in Hebrew. There's everything from Abba Father and Adonai to Yeshua Azur, which is God our rock. All these different words to describe God. 
I've heard in in 12-step programs, they say things like God or as we best understand it. And I don't know if you, I I imagine that some of you have heard this because I've heard it several times. People that will say, well, I don't believe in God, but I believe in a higher power. And even when I was a young person and would hear that, I would think, are we talking about the same thing here? Is it just words? And maybe these words, these different words and different expressions, they're all sort of our endless search for meaning. And the way that you have found it might have a different word and a different expression, but it's similar, isn't it? Because you share, interestingly enough, you and I share similar beliefs, even though we might use different words for God. You might use Lord or Spirit or Divine. And you might know people who don't share your label as a Baptist or a Presbyterian or Catholic or Christian. They may be agnostic or atheist or Buddhist or something else. But yet, you share so much in common. Your view of the world is so similar, is it not? Your passions, your interests, the way that you desire to see the world, the things that bring you pain and sorrow, the places you find beauty. And yet we have different words that we ascribe to them. The thing that's beautiful about that Billy Joel song is we all sing it together. People of every generation, they sing that song together. And I'm telling you, there will come a day when we will all sing together. Where we will be lifted out of pain and sorrow. And how do I know that? You might say, well, that takes a lot of gold to say something like that. How do you know? How do I know? Because Tupac told me. I know because Eddie Vedder told me. I know because Edward Hopper showed me, and I know because Billy Joel sang it for me. There are, There is one more piece of art I wanted to share with you. Another reason that I know is because it's been told to us for centuries and centuries. A reading from the book of Psalms. You who fear the Lord, praise God. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify God. Stand in awe of God, all you offspring of Israel. For God did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted, God did not hide God's face from me, but heard when I cried to the Lord. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek God shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before God. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and God rules over the nations. To God, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before God shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for God. Posterity will serve God. 
Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that God has done it. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. We will sing together and there will be an end to suffering. We have these little moments on Sunday where it's like a snapshot that you're a part of right now of what heaven would be like if either in this world or in another, where we sing together and we create a beautiful harmony and we share in our struggles and our pains and we lift one another up. We have these moments where we taste it, we feel it. How do I know that we're going to sing together? Because Tupac told me. Because when Tupac said that I will overcome the pain and suffering in the world, we believed him because we don't like fear. And we will sing hallelujah to the God of the oppressed. I believe it because Eddie Vedder, his life being a living witness and testimony to the overwhelming joy that could come despite our circumstances. And we celebrate every time a hungry person eats. And may our hearts live with joy forever as well. We know it's true because Edward Hopper showed us he created scenes of peacefulness and serenity despite the discomfort in the world because our Lord, God, higher power, has dominion over all things. And we sing for all generations because I know, because Billy Joel showed me and he sang it for me. And so we sing for all generations that they may hear these stories as well. How will you tell your story? How will you tell the story of God's goodness in the world? What words, what creation will you use to share that story? How are you going to share about the goodness of our God? Amen.
inspired by Jeff's sermon, we are all going to sing together. The words to the chorus of this song are printed in your bulletin. We invite you to join with us every time we reach the chorus. For any of you who have been thinking that the songs in the hymnal are too high, this chorus is for you. It's very low. Barbara's super happy about this. It's too low. You're welcome to sing it up an octave, but we do hope you'll join us. Here's my heart. Is my heart, 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 Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak one word. I am found. I am yours. I am love. I made you. I have love. I can breathe, I am healed, I am free. Enjoy that, is my heart. It's my heart, Lord. It's my heart, Lord. See what's true. Because you are strong, you are sure, you are God, you are good, always true, you are always breaking through me. Will you join us in our doxology?
Pray. Gracious God, we are so grateful for all the ways that we express our praise and thanksgiving to you. And one of the ways is through these offerings. We pray that these gifts may be used to share your love, to shine your light, to tell of your goodness in our world. Amen. You may be seated. So I, I do want to state for the record, because it was asked of me at the last service, I do like the Oak Ridge Boys and Staller Brothers, uh, much to my children's chagrin. So I guess things have come full circle that I've turned into my parents now. There are many opportunities to catch that light or be a part of the, the growing light of this church community listed in your bulletin, uh, opportunities for growth and understanding to serve the community a couple of things to highlight simply because they're today, right after the worship service here. You can continue to sing together songs of a sacred, uh, a sacred sense here uh, in the or we in the sanctuary, right? With the, yes, right here in the sanctuary at eleven thirty. So you can grab a donut and come right back later on this afternoon. Uh, you know we can we there's much conflict in the world, but one that we have an opportunity to learn more about and uh, try to find ways to be part of the solution for is what's going on in Ukraine. And so there will be some speakers here this afternoon that you're invited to, to participate in that conversation and, and listen to them as they share about what is happening in their homeland as well. So I hope you take the opportunity to take advantage of some of these things to grow closer to each other and closer to God. And in the meantime, would you join me in singing our closing hymn? by standing and singing number 462. Would you join me, please?
And so as you leave this place, may you find the words, may God give you the words to tell your story, and may you be open to the presence of the Spirit in other stories. Amen.